Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, right now that's right locked in for the next two hours to dead end sports the place where sports opinions collide i'm your host 12 kyle the phone number to call in 646-478-0356 again 646-478-0356 this is an interactive show we ask that you not just listen to the show be a part of the show participate in tonight's discussion now, there's a couple of ways you can do that. You can log into our chat room. Our chat room is always open and interactive. Create a profile for yourself and participate in tonight's discussion. Or you can log in as a guest and uh, watch the <laughs> conversation going back and forth between the participants in the chat room. Uh, if you're on Twitter, hit us up on Twitter, at Dead End Sports. You can follow us at Dead End Sports. You can also follow us individually. You can follow B at BZ430. You can follow me at 12Kyle, the number one, two, K-Y-L-E. You can follow FIFO at F-E-E-F-O-247. And you can follow Ken at K-B-I-N-G-E. If you're on Facebook, go to Facebook.com backslash Dead End Sports. We have a Facebook fan page. Like our page. Become a fan of our page. Um, Make sure that you keep up with sports updates and things of that nature that are posted on our Facebook page. We also have a website. Check out our website, deadendsports.com, deadendsports.com. Make sure that you check that out as well. Put that on your favorites on your computer. Um, We're all over the place. We're on Instagram. You can go to Instagram, uh, at deadendsports. We also have uh, uh, an online magazine. Uh, It's called on Flipboard. It's called Dead End Sports. So if you're a member of Flipboard, uh, it's free. Um, online magazine, Dead End Sports. So we're everywhere. More importantly, we have a YouTube channel. Uh, go to youtube.com backslash Dead End Sports. Uh, watch our channel. Subscribe to the channel. More importantly, share our videos with your family, your friends, your mom, dad, cousins, everybody. <laughs> Again, the phone number to call in, 646 478 
888-346-0356. Again, I am your host, 12 Kyle, and this is Dead End Sports, the place where sports opinions collide. We got a lot to talk about. Be honest, um, two hours is probably not going to be enough because there's so much stuff that's happened. Just to set out, set the foundation for tonight's show, um, we, we're going to be talking about, obviously, the uh, crazy, crazy weekend we had in the NFL uh, championship weekend this past Sunday. Seahawks, Packers, nail-biter. Colts, Patriots, blowout. <laughs> we're also going to talk about Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, the NBA, Derek Rose is in the news. Um, like I said, a lot of stuff to talk about. <clears throat> of course, I will not be doing the show alone. I will be joined by my esteemed co-host. You know him, you love him. Uh, my partner's from Dead End Hip Hop. That would be BZ Kid and FIFO. <clears throat> Excuse me. Just getting off a little cold here. Um, as of right now, the fellas are running a little late, so... I am going to roll solo for right now, but we've already got a caller online. Uh, let's jump to the calls. I think I know who this is. 843. Looks like my dad. Dad, what's going on? Nothing much, son. Everything's good. And you're right. It was a crazy weekend, a very crazy weekend. Uh, I know a lot of people who are Packer fans are very disappointed. A lot of them have an attitude towards young Brandon Bostic. Uh, I don't. Brandon, I had the pleasure of meeting this past year. His little cousin played was my quarterback on my football team, nine and ten years old. He's from Florence. Okay. And uh, a very fine young man. He didn't do what he's supposed to do, but I suppose in that situation, half of us would probably have done the same thing he did. But he definitely is not the cause of that loss. Uh, if you're going to blame him, how about uh, Clinton Dix? who uh, should have knocked that two-point conversion down. Right. How about the whole Green Bay team for not putting them away in the first half? They have a fourth and a foot, and they kick a field goal. Right. I'm going for it. You know, I'm in that situation, I'm going for it. <clears throat> uh, so, to me, you blame the whole doggone team. That's a collective effort, a collective effort of losing. And as far as uh, Mr. Brady's concerned, he had a great game. I don't even want to get into that deflate foolishness because he, he could have been playing with a beach ball and they still would have beat the Colts. The way that they uh, uh, ran the ball, excuse me, the way that he ran, that they were able to execute the run with, uh, with Blunt, that more or less gave Brady the opportunity to do whatever he wanted, how he wanted, when he wanted. That just gave him all kinds of freedom. I'm sorry, Beasy and the crew isn't in. I wanted to say hello to them and ask Ken if he's getting any sleep now. He should be by now. Uh, but the other thing is the NBA, I recall a certain young person whom I love dearly posting about the Hawks' 10 straight wins. Well, for... I told them that's no big deal because my Knicks could lose 10 straight. In fact, I just found out this morning they broke a 16-game losing yeah, streak. Yeah, 16-game losing streak. Yeah, so see if you guys can win 16 straight. We already lost 16 straight. See if you clowns can win 16 straight. <laughs> I'll be impressed then. Uh, I really feel bad about my Knicks because i got to find somebody to root for in the playoffs because yeah, I know we're not going except for the spectators. 
And I don't even know who we're going to put on again. We got room on our bandwagon. Well, I also got a bandwagon sitting up with Calvin up in Charlotte. Uh, so, and Calvin and I, you know, we go back and forth a little bit. But I've got a lot of respect for him. I think, was he a teammate of yours? Yes. Oh, he was a teammate of yours. I know he's. I knew he's down. At, I know he's a bulldog. Uh, but I, I'll tell you the truth. Uh, those guys that were whining down at state, Kyle had one teammate, Carnell, the nastiest guy you ever want to play against, because he would do everything except bite. Yeah, and, 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 that's, gonna, and that's what you want. You want guys on your team like that. I that's want gonna, guys like Carnell. <laughs> I want guys and that's, like. And that's I, I want every Giants think, get um, Carnell. The Giants needed at least one or two Cardinals on the offensive line. I think that's where, you know, particularly in the NFL, that's what you want. Um, you want guys with mean and, and nasty dispositions, and, and we're definitely going to see that um, coming up in the Super Bowl because, you know, on both offensive and defensive lines for the Patriots and, and the Seahawks have some brawlers. Uh, we got full phone lines. We got more people calling in, Dad. Hey, as well, always. Kyle, let me hey. get off it, but let me ask you a question before I go. Uh-huh. Uh, what's going on with uh, – Sherman, is he okay? Uh, Sherman, as far as I, as far as I understand, he is set to play. Um, they're supposed to have an MRI back on his uh, elbow, and as far as I know, everything was negative. So um, he may okay. have some lig- ligament damage, but he is he, 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 you're not going to keep him out of the Super Bowl. Okay, Kyle, let me get off the phone. I'm going to turn you off for a while and listen to the president about ready to speak. Love you, son. Okay. I'll get back after he finishes talking. All right, we'll talk to you later. All right, son. Bye-bye. <clears throat> Phone of my dad calls 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. Phone lines lighting up already. We got people calling in. <coughs> Excuse me. Let's jump to uh, one-fourth of the crew, uh, Professor X of the crew, my man Ken. Ken, what's going on? Hey, what's man? Just sitting here... Uh... Here chilling, man. No doubt, no doubt. What's good? What's good? Um, <laughs> nothing, man. Just, just you know, doing, doing, doing the father stuff, man. Uh, just sitting here at, at the, the newborn and on, on my other one leg and have my <laughs> six-year-old reading to him. Um, <laughs> you know, so we just had to Are wrap you that up. Are you getting sleep at night, man? Huh? Are you getting sleep at night? Not, not really. Like last night, <laughs> he woke up at at one, and um, he, he, you know, he had been pretty consistent. Where you know, he'll wake up, he'll eat, he'll go back to sleep. Well, last night, the day before, I have to go back to work, mind you. He decides he want to get up at one, and uh, and and stay up. So he, he stayed up for about two and a half hours. So I didn't go back to bed until three thirty this morning. I had wow. to get up at six. Thankfully, though, I had a chance to watch the Cavaliers put the beat down on the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> uh, so I, I watched the replay of that. And um, so, it, you know, it, it, it was cool. Because I, I missed it earlier because I was watching Gotham and Sleepy Hollow. So I got a mm. chance to actually see the game and kind of see how see how it unfolded. I know Chicago has been struggling lately. So um, I thought they would have been ready and been up to play that game, especially with all the new pieces that the Cavaliers right. have. I, I kind of really thought that they would have won that game. So I was really surprised by the outcome. Um, but, you know, Chicago's in a bit of a mini slump plus, you know, of course, you know, they were without two of their pieces. But, um, but yeah, so I was really interested in seeing how Cavs 
won that game, uh, considering how they played, you know, so far in the first half of the season. So it, it was interesting to see. They were they were still a little sloppy in, in spots, but if they ever get it going, man, it's, they're going to be a problem. Um, but yeah, yeah. So that was it, man. Yeah, I was up two and a half hours, uh, just just chilling, me, me and me and the kid <laughs> watching. LeBron so, and, and Derrick Rose. You, you'll be going to sleep as you'll be going to sleep as soon as we get off the air. <laughs> yeah, you already know it. Um, but I want to I want to do something, man. I want um, everybody listening to uh, to do me a solid and and go over to um, my my YouTube channel. Uh, I'm about to launch my own show slash shows uh, a video series, and I'll announce what they are next week. But, uh, yeah, everybody go subscribe. So I'm going to do a, a video series, and then I'm also going to do a couple of podcasts as well. So uh, everybody listening, um, go over to my channel. It's uh, King Media uh, on, on YouTube, so K-I-N-G-E Media. Uh, I, I wouldn't trust you guys know how to spell that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and yeah, subscribe, man. I'll check any comments. You know, I'm, I'm always in the comments that you you can follow me there. So subscribe to that channel and just uh, and then go to my website, KennethBeange.com, and, of course, sign up for the newsletter so you can keep up, up to date with what's going on. But, yeah, so next week I'll reveal um, what I've been working on uh, to the public. So so that's it, man. I just had that quick quick announcement to make. Okay. Okay. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. <clears throat> Excuse me. As you all know, anybody listening knows that we, 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 dibble, we dibble and dabble in a lot of different things. So, um Launching your own channel. That's well. I mean, you already had the YouTube channel, but um, yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Okay. Yep. Okay, that's what's up. Six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Again, six four six four seven eight zero three five six. As we wait on B and FIFO to join us, um, let's start right there, man. Uh, this weekend, Seahawks Patriots, man. Not Seahawks Patriots. Seahawks Patriots in the Super Bowl, but uh, this past weekend, championship weekend, uh, we had the Packers uh, up in Seattle, uh, which, as I mentioned earlier, was a nail-biter. And then we had a drubbing, a blowout in uh, in Foxborough with the Colts and the uh, Patriots. <clears throat> Let's start with the uh, Packers and Seahawks first. Um, obviously, as, as my dad was talking about earlier, uh, Brandon Bostick with the, with the fumble, um, but it, it got me to thinking about what happened in the game. And as you all know, Green Bay was ahead 19-7, to five minutes left in the game. They get an interception. The guy gets the ball, and he uh, slides. <laughs> he gets an interception and slides, gives himself up. Green Bay uh, goes on to have to, to only run three more, excuse me, six more offensive plays uh, from that point forward, two, two three and outs. Uh, Russell Wilson, you know, drives the team down the field. They score a touchdown. Um, they, they, they they kick the extra point. Then they come back, uh, onside kick, uh, and, I mean, crazy situation where Brandon Bostick does not catch the onside kick. Um, and subsequently, Seattle recovers. Russell Wilson drives the team down the field. They score again. Crazy two-point conversion that HaHa Clinton-Dix misplayed, misjudged. Uh, Aaron Rodgers still had a shot, drove the team down the field. They kick a field goal. Uh, game goes into overtime. Green Bay does not get the ball in overtime. Seattle does. Russell Wilson, three, pl- three plays, 80 yards. Uh, 
three passes, I mean, flawless down the stretch in spite of throwing four interceptions. Seattle had five turnovers. That being said, Ken, when you think about that game, did Green Bay give this game away or did Seattle win the game? This is uh, a little complex, but I got to go with Green Bay giving it away. And and when I say that, I do not want to take away from anything that the Seattle Seahawks did to win that game and to take advantage of what Green Bay was giving them. But you just documented and detailed out a series of events and where Green Bay just kind of tossed the game back Seattle's way. This game was two minutes, two minutes ago or so, and they pretty much had the game wrapped up, especially with that last interception. Where the guy, all he had to do was just try to go run and get in either in field goal range or possibly even score. I think he had some some blockers out ahead of him, and right. he gave himself up like it was 30 seconds left in the game. That's mistake mm-hmm. number one. Uh, it compiled the fact that they went three and out. Um, of course, they did kind of the right thing to try to run the clock off, but uh, so that you know. But at, again, they were a little inept on offense. The second mistake was Ha Ha Clinton did. Like that ball is up there for you to knock down. That's classic, classic coaching where everybody knows the ball is in the air, just knock it down. Knock it That's down. That's all, all you, you have do. to do. That's all you have to do. Yeah. So uh, again, a series of fortunate events that worked in Seattle's favor. The ball just landed in in the guy like that should have been picked off. That never should have happened. That was extreme luck on Russell Wilson's side and and Seattle side for that to even happen, which ultimately ended up saving the game because Aaron Rodgers marched down the field um, to to score and tied the game. Now the third mistake was the biggest blunder of the whole game was Bostic, and I feel I feel sorry for the guy because. Here's a guy that, for whatever reason, wanted to be the hero. I don't know if he, I don't know if this was something he was thinking in his head, like, oh, if it comes to me, I'm going to catch the ball. But the reason why I I said what I said is because when I read the reports after the game, his role, his job was to block. To take somebody out. He, had, he was never, never supposed to touch the ball, ever. That's mistake number three. And, you know, whatever happened after that just happened because, you know, at that point Seattle had the momentum, and that's where I give Seattle the credit for taking advantage of, of a gift that was given to them because, you know, they didn't they didn't squander this opportunity. They took it, they went down the field, and they finally made something happen. So, but, but all of those things, all three of those things had to happen in order for Seattle to even get a shot to even make the plays to win the game. So those are clear mistakes that people watching the game, that people have watched football as much as we have, even casual football fans that have watched the football game can easily say that, you know, you know, look, Green Bay gave that game away because of those mistakes. Again, I am not taking anything from away from Seattle because their defense hung in the game and they kept them in the game. And I'll be honest with you, Kyle, in watching that game when the score was 19-7, I said I had a feeling that Seattle was going to come back and win the game. I didn't know it was going to be like that. I thought that they would start a little bit earlier, but they struggled in the fourth quarter. I was like, 
well, damn, it looks like Seattle really is about to lose this game. You know, then they lucked up, got the touchdown, and then they got the lucky two-point conversion. No, 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 no. They got the touchdown, and then, uh, no, wait, wait, wait. No, they, yeah, yeah, they got the touchdown. Obviously, they score, and then they got the yeah, they, they, kick, they, The first they touchdown, they kicked the extra point. The second touchdown, they, yeah. they went for two. Okay, yeah, so then they got that, and I was like, the odds of them getting an onside kick, it, you know, is slim to none. But then they got right. it. But what I was, basically what I was saying is that I thought the comeback would have started much sooner than it did because I thought that Seattle would just play, would have played extremely desperate and been flying all over the field. Um, so, but when the game was down to like two minutes left, I was like, wow, Aaron Rodgers really went in Seattle and beat the Seahawks, the defending champs on their home turf. Um, all of that said, Kyle, you know, and, and we talked about the three mistakes. We, we get all that, and, and we can clearly identify those and, and point, you know, to where they happen on film and tape or whatever. Here's the problem that I had. It has nothing to do with this game, but it does in a little bit. Okay. Because in the first quarter of that game, when they turned Seattle over twice, Green Bay failed to score with the ball within the five-yard line at, at, at mm-hmm. five yards to, and go. On top of that, they failed to score with the ball one yard and half a yard out twice. And and, and so I re- recall saying, and I said this on Twitter, I said, Green Bay is fucking up. They're leaving points on the board. When you got a chance to knock the defending champs out, as confident that, right. as they are, you got to take them out. Hey, man, you got to get them haymakers. And, oh, my God, at Explicit on Twitter, Want to sit here and argue me up and down about how Seattle was making all the mistakes, and his whole point was that if Seattle continues to make the same mistakes, it don't matter what Green Bay does because Seattle's playing poor, they're going to win anyway. Uh, well, first of all, duh. But two, this is a national championship game. We all know that Seattle will not play this way for the rest of the game. Right. And I said they will regret leaving those points. And we went back and forth. And I'll be damned if they didn't regret leaving those points on the board. So mm-hmm. that was mistake four and five that happened earlier in the game. So Green Bay just made all kind of mistakes, man. It just gave away the game to Seattle. But again, man, I, I got to give Seattle a lot of credit, man. They didn't waver. They believed that they were going to win the game. And, and I'll be damned if they didn't. And I, all I could do was just sit back and just, it just laughed because it, it was damn near comical to see something like right. that happen. What a game. What a game. Yeah, man. I, you know what? Before I, before I give my points, let's bring on um, another member of the crew, the beat maker of the crew, straight out of the D, right here in the ATL right now, my man Beezy. Beezy, what up, though? What up? What's going on, Kyle? What's going on, Kim? Chilling, chilling. What's up with you, what's brother? Oh, chilling, man, up here. Working on some stuff, man. Um, hey, I just want to say, man, hey, them Hawks, they're the real deal. I seen them in person live yesterday. You know, I went to go see my pitchers, you know, play, come in town and play and support. And them Hawks, man, they are the real. I, I, it's really hard for me to see a team beat this Atlanta Hawks team in the seven-game series. Beat the Atlanta Hawks four times. But what I seen yesterday, if they play the team defense that I've seen them play, they're going to be very tough to beat, very tough to beat the playoffs. No, no doubt, no doubt. They what thirteen in a row? <clears throat> They're rolling, man. Hawks, Hawks yeah, looking good. Looking yeah. good. Pistons look good too, man. I, they they look yeah, like they a do. different yeah. team without Josh Smith. 
Yep, they were fighting. They, we we was in it just like the first time when they played them, and we was in it. So you know, shout out to the Pistons, man. They, they them and the Hawks are looking like the best team in the East since January, since the beginning of the new year. <laughs> they just been balling. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. <clears throat> What's your take on um on 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 the Packers and and Seahawks game? Did the Packers lose the game? Did the Packers give the game away, or did Seattle win the game? Packers, they 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 gave it away, you know. And I'm not not taking any credit away from Seattle or anything, because that was my preseason pick for them to win the Super Bowl. But you up what? You up about two touchdowns with under five minutes left to go. You yeah. at and you at and, you, and you're away. You got like like Ken said, you got to keep throwing those haymakers. You got to keep throwing those haymakers. You cannot let that game slip through your fingers or your hands, your palms, your arms, whatever. You got in the they had Seattle in the headlock. They had them in the headlock mm-hmm. with four minutes left to go, up by two scores, and you mess around and let them boys get in overtime, get that confidence going, and you saw what happened. You saw what happened in overtime. So, yeah, I, I say Green Bay lost it more so than Seattle, you know, winning it. That's just me because you, you can't – if you Aaron Rodgers, if you if you consider – of course, I mean, he's not – I'm not saying he's not elite. But, like, if you consider one of the elite QBs in the league, you have to – you have to put your foot on their throat. In games like this, in the playoffs, the NFC Championship game, the trip to the to the Super Bowl, you got to you got to do it. You got to make it happen. So Green Bay lost that one. Definitely, 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 man. It, it, it was it was a, <laughs> an epic meltdown. <laughs> let's let's bring in the point guard of the crew, my man FIFO. FIFO, what's good, baby? Yo, yo, what's good, Kyle? Gotcha, 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 man. What's going on? Chilling, man. What's your take on on on, on the game, man? Su- Sunday's game, Packers and 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 uh, Packers and Seattle. Did they did Seattle win the game or did Green Bay give it away? I I, th- I think it was a little bit of both. Um, I I think that Green Bay gave it away mainly because you know they were up they were up by a lot with enough time to you know close out that game, and I think Seattle kind of. They kind of took it, you know. Uh, Russell he performed down the stretch, even though he had a a real poor game. Uh, that 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 one touchdown on that deep pass, you know, he put it right on the money, man. And you know, the great ones have amnesia. You can't remember mm-hmm. and think you did bad. You just got to keep going at it and 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 trusting in your ability and what you see and 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 the preparation that you took to play the game. And um, I think you saw that and. Um, you know, I, I picked Seattle as well to, to, to go back to the Super Bowl and win it, and I think it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how Seattle kind of dismantled and took apart Peyton Manning last year and to see what they're going to try to do to Tom Brady. That's real interesting. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, I Much like you guys, I think I think it was a little bit of both. Um, I think it's probably about 50-50. I think Seattle, Seattle they, they, they took it. You know, they – they they left, but Green Bay left it out there for the taking. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't you don't blow. And, and I mean, and and here's here if you if you've been listening to this show, particularly for the last three weeks, the common theme that we've said is one play doesn't lose a game. We said that when you know when there was a, a pass interference that wasn't called against uh, Detroit. Uh, we said that when there was a pass interference called, I mean, uh, when there was a, a catch that was ruled incomplete against, with Des Bryant, and <clears throat> the situation as far as uh, uh, the tight end um, for Green Bay, his job on that on that onside kick was to take out the first color. 
You take out the first man you see. And uh, and he didn't do that. He went up and tried to make a catch. And um, and it's unfortunate. And, and I didn't find out until after the game that this guy, we're actually, he's actually from my hometown. Uh, we didn't go to high, we didn't go to the same high school together. He went to one of rival high schools. Uh, shout out to West Lawrence High School. But we're actually from the same hometown. Obviously, he's much younger than me. He's 25. Um, played his college ball at Newberry College. Um, I, I can't put all the blame on him, but Aaron Rodgers and that offense, they stalled out a couple of times, and like Ken mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. stalled out a couple of times in the first half, not getting because a, a team like Seattle, you have to you have to bury them, and Russell Wilson was mm-hmm. playing awful, and right. you know so they they did not take advantage. I mean, the fake field goal, oh my gosh, how do you get burned for that? They got burned on the fake field goal. The like I said, special teams they lost that battle. Um, I think that was key too. And Ken mentioned when the guy got the interception, you get the interception, and he he gives himself up at about the fifty yard line. There's still five minutes left in the game. Now, and normally in an NFL game, if you've got a twelve point lead with five minutes left, you know you're pretty safe. But I mean, it's nothing's ever safe, safe for real until the game is over. But Green Bay clearly took their foot off the gas. They clearly took their foot off the gas. Like I said, from that point on. There was a three and out and a three and out, and then they went into overtime, and Green Bay's offense never got the ball back. Um, got to give props to Russell Wilson, man, and we're going to talk about him in a second. But um, I think Seattle probably – I think it was a little bit of both. I think Green Bay gave the game away, and I think Seattle uh, took it from them as well. Uh, the phone number to call in, 646-478-0356. Again, 646 478 Zero three five six. You are locked in to the best sports talk show in America, Dead End Sports. We rarely agree. This is the place where sports opinions collide. Um, I'm your host, 12 Kyle, joined by my partners in crime, Beezy, FIFO, and Ken. Hit us up. More importantly, pass the word. 646-478-0356. Um, now, the next question I want to um, throw at you guys, um, we talked about the game in and of itself. Um, if you had to lay blame, Ken, for the Packers, if you had to lay blame at one particular person or, or entity or part of the team, who, who would you blame for the Packers' loss if you had to put it on uh, someone? Ken. Hey. Oh, Ken. Yeah. Ken, he can't fell asleep. <laughs> okay, what about you, B? Who would you put the loss on? In, in Green Bay? Yeah. And I, and I was, oh, uh, oh, man. I guess you would say the coach. I guess mm. the coach. I mean, you know. Mike Martin. I mean, uh, Mike McCarthy, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, my, I, guess I, I guess I blame it on the coach because, you know, like I said, man, it's like you under, you have to know how to work the clock good. You have to know how to, you know, call the correct plays and the positions that make your team get that win. So, yeah, I blame, I blame it on the coach. I, I will blame it on the coach. Like I said, you have two scores under four minutes left to me, under five minutes left to go in the game. You you, you got you to gotta take it. You, got, you have to take that win and take that and rip Seattle's heart out from their body, man. Like, you, you have to. So, as a coach, I think as a head coach, you got to make the right decision to put your team in a position to win the game with, with, with what you had set, you know, with the, with the final few minutes going into the game. So, I, I blame the coach. Okay. Ken, Ken, are you there? Ken. 
He said he was talking. He just texted me said he was talking. We can't hear you, kid. Uh, you know what? Okay, Ken. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Yeah, there all we right. go. You got muted by accident. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. Um, I hate to do it to him. I disagree with B. I, I'm going with Bostic, man. And 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 and, I, and there's nothing wrong with what what B said because B's right. There were uh, some coaching mistakes that happened, and um, and you could even point to to the coaching mistake of of Bostic not doing what he was supposed to do. But clearly, if Bostic does his job, they recover more than likely that onside kick, and they're they're going to the Super Bowl. Um, him. Refusing him failing to do his job cost Green Bay the game. I mean, it and and you know, I, I get where we all like to say, um, you know, not one one play doesn't cost you a game and you don't lose game off one play. But in, in this particular instance, I mean, it's, it's, it's blatantly it's blatant that that one play, yeah, there were a lot of mistakes that happened before, but that one play, that one specific play where this guy has one job to do and if he does it the game more than likely is over cost green bay that game i know that guy is sick i know mike mccarthy and aaron Rodgers is sick because it was something that was outside of their control um and you know it's not like the guy didn't know what he was supposed to do you know he just decided to do something entirely different and he cost this whole team a chance to go to the Super Bowl. I got, I, I can't, I have to put it. I'm not gonna put it. No, yeah, I'm gonna put it all on him, man. Just, just do your job, <laughs> catch the ball, and then the game is over. But you didn't do that. I thought he just muffed the kick. I thought he mm-hmm. just muffed it. No, his, I didn't his job know. is to take. He, he is, he is what they call a gunner. His job is to take out the first, like they, the, the the guys are numbered off from the kicker. His job is to take out the first number that he saw. That's his job is to knock the guy out to to keep them from hitting Jordy. Jordy Nelson was the one supposed to go up and get the ball. And I know Jordy's sick. Jordy, like, bro, I got this. <laughs> yeah, this you is what you supposed did you see to do? Did you see? Did you see Jordy Nelson's face when the dude went up to try to catch the ball? Like his face was looking like, dude, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it was it was hilarious. When they showed it in slow motion, you can just look at Jordy Nelson's face. You can tell he just got that. What the f are you doing? Look on your face when he when he went up and tried to make that grab. That was so hilarious. Oh man, that's I, I hate that happened to that guy, man. Dang, uh, man. But yeah, man, Bostic. What what about you, FIFO? If if you gotta lay blame on on somebody, who, who do you lay blame on? Special teams. Um, for every okay. ten okay. plus a two point conversion. Um, you know, I think those were two big plays. That two point game. conversion was huge, wasn't it? Mhm, mhm. So I, I lay blame on special teams, and you know, I guess overall that's coaching. But uh, you know, yeah, I think I, I everything that Ken said, man. Like if you, it, you know, at the end of the day, coaching comes down to discipline of your players. How disciplined are are they to do their job? Because when you try to be the hero, this is the type of stuff that happens. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? You put Jordy Nelson in a position for a reason. You are in this position for a reason. Just because you think you can make the play, if that's not what it's designed for, then it's it's hard. You know what I'm saying? And and, and every player, just instinctually, they're going to want to make plays. And, but mm-hmm. sometimes you have to understand situation. And the situation wasn't conducive for you to make a great play. Make the play to win the game. And and, and sometimes, it's, you know, that, that that's easier said than done. 
But uh, I, if I had to lay blame on anything, I definitely think it's the uh, just special teams overall. I, I agree, man. I, and like I said, Brandon Boston from my hometown. Um, but I got to I got to call a spade a spade, man. That here's the thing: what people don't understand in every football practice at every level, onside kick, especially when you get at least the high school. I, I, you know, I can't even say high school because I coach little league football, and we went over that every week too. So it's it's something that you go over every single week. Onside kicks and the hands team. You practice it every single week. Now, obviously, you know, as you get older and stuff, you, you can't really go live because you really don't want guys crashing into each other like that. But still, um, you, you just do all you got like see for that. Just do your job. If you do your job, then none of this happens. If that if that guy who got the interception, if he doesn't slide at the damn 50-yard line, then if, if he takes oh, – who knows? If he takes it to the house – it's a ball. It, the game is over. I mean, Seattle was down on their luck, and I just think Green Bay as a whole, they just they took their foot off the gas, man. And that's coaching. That is coaching, coaching, coaching all day long. You got to tell your team, you know, don't don't let up. You know, this 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 game isn't over. And I think everybody just kind of took a took a breath, and you know, especially especially being on the road, so you didn't even have the momentum mm-hmm. there. But if I had to blame someone, I, it would definitely be Bossick because his was the his was the momentum shifter, and then everything else just kind of went downhill from there. And it's kind of like that, you know, you, you guys know from playing basketball, you know, sometimes when the other team's shots are falling and then they start hitting crazy shots, crazy contested shots, and then you start realizing, like, damn, this just ain't our day. And you, you started to see that toward the end of the fourth quarter, definitely by overtime. Green Bay was shook. They, they, yeah, they, they'd come back, but they're they're sitting there thinking like, okay, we we can't believe we're in overtime, you know, we're not supposed to be here, so yeah, it, it's tough. It's it's definitely tough. Phone number to call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six. You are locked into Dead End Sports, the place where sports opinions collide. Now, conversely, let's talk about the uh, the Patriots. Um, Patriots versus Colts, man, with some controversy after this game. Now, this game didn't have the, the same uh, effect and, and feel. Uh, this game was a blowout. Andrew Luck struggled mightily. Uh, you know, he he they basically been blown out by, I think, 30, 40 points every time he's played, in the four times he's played them. Um, let's go to the deflated ball situation. As you all know, uh, there was some allegations that the Patriots have – or used some balls that were deflated, some footballs that were deflated. Um, the NFL has lost an investigation. Uh, we found out earlier this afternoon that they said that the investigation should be completed within the next two to three days. That being said, Beasy, if it's found that the Patriots used deflated footballs, what should the penalty be? Um, I, oh, man. I guess the same for um, let's see, for deflated footballs. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I guess fine and take it to draft picks or something like that. I mean, because at this point you can't be like, well, you guys, you know, on vacate a Super Bowl. Or I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's like I guess just find them, find them, and, and, and take a first round draft pick from them or something like that, or take a first two round draft picks from them or something like that. I think that would be, you know. But I mean, you know, it's I. Oh, that's really tough. I mean, that's what I would say. That's what I would do probably if I was Roger Goodell. I'd be like, okay, I think if, if it's found that they 
really did deflate the balls, then yeah, take away they find them like you know five hundred thousand and, and take away their first and second round draft pick or whatever. That's what I do. Hello. Hello. I I hear you. Hey, oh, okay. I'm about to sound like uh, hello. Yeah. Why? Why? Why, why, why are two older? Why are two older dudes messing up? Well, come on, come on. Oh, man. Man. <laughs> Get together, man. Dang, I guess we lost Kyle. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? We lost the host. How does that happen? No, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Oh, okay. that okay. net zero. <laughs> yeah, no, you know what? I I muted my my line. I, what the hell? We what the hell are we doing tonight, man? Um, <laughs> uh, FIFO, what about you, man? If 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 it's found that um that they deflated that they use deflated footballs, what should the penalty be? I'm I'm with B. You know, obviously you can't reverse the outcome of the game, and you know, 45 to seven, man. Um, I I, I hey, look, the deflated ball or not, that you know, that 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 deflated balls, it, it, that didn't contribute to 45 to seven. Let's just be honest. <laughs> yeah, um, hey, let's keep it real. But, so so okay, all right, Patriots, you won. But um, it, it wouldn't surprise me if Belichick did it. You know, at the end of the day, this guy, he's uh, all of the great. They're going to do whatever it takes to get an advantage, whether it's, you know, talking BS, whether it's deflating balls, whether it's Spygate, whatever it is, man. Like, every competitor is going to try to get that edge on you. And if this comes to fruition, I just think it's Belichick, again, just, you know, playing, not necessarily playing dirty, but definitely bending the rules. Um, you know, if you want to call that dirty, it is what it is. You know, uh, when I play ball, I hit people's elbows. I tug on shorts. I, you know, like I, I, I do stuff. There's tricks to the trade. So, you know, I, it won't surprise me. I'm not saying that it's right. But, you know, I think some draft picks and a fine and, you know, just move on with it. it. You know, it is what it is. But I think it should be some high draft picks for a second round. Yep. Okay, okay, okay. What about you, Ken? Um, what what would you say if they found out that they used deflated footballs? Because allegedly that gives them that would have given them some type of competitive advantage. Uh, obviously, if you know if you watch the game Sunday, uh, it was raining and cold and wet. So yeah, I, I don't really. I mean, the way like like FIFO said, forty five to seven. I just I mean, you just I, I don't know that that really helped. But go ahead. What, what's your take on it, Ken? Well. Uh, all I know is there was there was there was only one team catching the ball <laughs> Sunday, <laughs> and that was the Patriots. And if if deflating the footballs help you catch the balls, well, I, I I guess it would kind of explain why the Colts can catch the ball because maybe they they were not used to the pressure that was in the ball. I don't know, but you would think that if New England could catch the, uh, a deflated ball a little bit easier, then the Colts would be uh, able to as well. I'm, I'm totally with you guys. Forty-five to seven is forty-five to seven. That had nothing to do with the final score. The, the Colts just didn't show up to play. But um, look, man, it, uh, the Patriots always stay in some kind of shit. <laughs> yeah, they do. You know, it, it, it is what it is, man. They, you know, FIFO's right. They find ways to manipulate the rules to give them an advantage over the uh, over their uh, their opponent. Whether is 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 running a a, um, a no huddle, a quick quick style offense to uh, and calling people, you know, checking people in as ineligible and eligible, and and not giving the defense a chance to to re, you know find out who reported and who didn't. I mean, they do all kind of 
things that are like that is described in the gray area where, you know, it's not in the rule book, you know, but it's kind of like an unwritten rule almost. So, you know, they, they just, they, they do whatever it takes to win, man. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things. And it's, it's unfortunate because it's hard for me as a fan of football to see all of the allegations that come forth with the Patriots to really respect what they've done. And, and you can't take away what they've done because they still got to go on the field and perform. They still got to go out and win the games. They still, Brady still has to complete the comeback drives to win the game. He still has to come back twice from being down 14-0 against the Ravens to win that game. Guys still have to go on the field to perform. But from an ethical standpoint, from a competitive event, from an ethical standpoint or just watching them as a franchise, they do some shady-ass shit. And it's just hard to respect it. I, you know, and, and it's just because I, I don't know, man, from Spygate to, to Goodell destroying the tapes and, and right. to me – He's still covering something up because if it didn't give you that much of an advantage as they're claiming now, why are you destroying evidence? You know, so from that to to this, and if it did give them an advantage, the game is over. They don't care about a draft pick because they'll probably if they win the Super Bowl, they're gonna make that money back anyway. So if it gave them an advantage to win this game, however slight it may be, and it's gonna cost me a couple of thousand dollars and and, and a draft pick. Fine, take the draft okay. picks. I don't mm-hmm. need them anyway because I can plug anybody in my scheme and still win because you guys can't stop it because I'm going to find something else in the gray area to beat your ass with. So, you know, it, it's just it is what it is, man. Um, that's what they do. That's what they're known for. And, you know, sometimes they get caught. Most of the time they don't. But um, but and, and, and to be fair, real quick, to – the Patriots, though, there was a report there Aaron Rodgers overinflate his ball. So, um, um, guy, I'll have to get his name. Uh, guy sent oh. it to me on Twitter. Um, you know, he sent me the report on Twitter. So, I do want to just at least point that out. But then Aaron Rodgers just came on on, uh, just on air earlier today and said that he doesn't like when the officials tamper with the ball. So, man, I don't know, man. The Patriots just need to uh, be a high-class organization like everybody claimed that they are. And quit doing all this shady ass shit, man. That, that's a great point. I think um, it, it 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 just like like you said, Ken. It just doesn't look good, man. Even if you try to give them the benefit, and I'm not a Patriots fan by any stretch of the imagination, but if you just, even if you give try to give them the benefit of the doubt, like it, it wouldn't have, it, it, it wasn't going to help them. I mean, like they were going to kill. They were going to kill them anyway. I mean, like, they just blew in the And we, we thought that it would be a more – because I don't think any of us picked that the game would be a blowout. But um, it wasn't even competitive. So it's like, why even bother? Why why even take it to that level when you didn't even need that that kind of controversy, you know, hanging over your head? Uh, you know, a couple of people have mentioned as far as uh, on Twitter, you know, maybe they should suspend Belichick. I mean, picture Belichick getting suspended – for the Super Bowl. That's not going to happen. I mean, it sounds good, but it's not going to happen. Um, you know, and I think, you know, the NFL is in bed with, with the Patriots. And it's just, I, I don't see anything coming of it. I, I know that, yeah, you do have somewhat, a, somewhat of a competitive advantage by catching a deflated ball. But trust me, the, the ball wasn't, when they say the balls are deflated, that means some air has been taken out of it. Not a whole lot. Trust me. Um, and I'm not it trying to absolve the Patriots for what they did, but I mean it's 
it's very it's it's not that much to where you where you could see the difference in in, in looking at it on the field. Um, you would actually have to touch the ball to uh, to to tell the difference. And I mean, and the only way that they found out was when Brady threw an interception. Because keep in mind, every team has their own balls, so. The Colts had no idea that they were playing with deflated balls because they, the Colts have their own balls. So, um, I don't know, man. We'll, we'll find out the next two or three days and see what happens. Obviously, you know, you'll get your news right here from Dead End Sports, and we'll definitely be tweeting about what we think about it. Uh, the phone number to call in, 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. Man, we got full phone lines. Um, we're going to jump to the phone lines, you guys, uh, everybody that's, that's called in, uh, get your points in, and then we're going to move on to the next call because we got a lot of people calling in. Uh, so right now, let's go to, let's go to the six man, the six man, our boy QQ, what up? Yeah, what's good, everybody? What's good? Chilling, man, what's up with you? Hey, up, man, this, this weekend, this weekend was wild, man. This weekend was lit, man. Like, okay, first and foremost, the Seahawks and the Green Bay game, I think that's the topic of conversation and whatnot. I don't think Green Bay gave this game away, dog. Like with with oh with God. the defense with the defense legendary already at Seattle's is, they don't get games handed to them. They take games from people. Mike McCarthy and to answer the question, who's to blame for this? The entire Packers team is to blame for this. I done discussed this game so many times with Packers fans. And they say Brandon Bostic shouldn't have even been in that situation to make a bonehead play. They should have run the ball with a guy named Eddie Lacy for one yard, and they probably would have right. got a touchdown and would have been up 24-0. to zero. Russell Wilson was doing everything in his power, and Jermaine Curtis and Doug Baldwin were doing everything in their power to get the game to the Grand Bay Packers. So Brandon Bostic shouldn't have even been in that situation to make a bonehead play. Like Kyle Clint Dix, Russell Wilson throws up a prayer, and it floated in the air for like three seconds. I'm like, oh, that's batted down. And then, ha-ha, just stops. And Wilson just catches it and walks right in the end zone. I have no clue what, 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 like, the entire team collapsed. And this game, to me, in uh, to compare it to another game, this was like the game six for Miami in uh, 2013. This was exactly what it felt like to, to me, is that, they started out okay. Russ was making a lot of mistakes. The fans started leaving. And then in the last two minutes, all hell broke loose. And, right. you know, to, to the entire defense's credit and to Russell Wilson and Marshawn Lynch, all them boys, man, they really put on a hell of a game. I thought it was over. I thought it was over. I thought it was draft season. I thought they was going to go to the draft board, look, look at who they going to get. But to say that all this was won, you know, these are the type of things that make you feel like a team is, like, destined to do something. Russell Wilson right. is now – the Seahawks and Russell Wilson are now 9-0 against Super Bowl winning QB. And I expect that to go up to 10 very soon because I know Russ is not going to play like this again. And like, that, that hit on Clay Matthews – I mean, sorry, uh, the Clay Matthews hit when he was trying to, you know, stop the interception – that really roughed him up. Like, that was rattling him. And you could see he didn't come to until, like, the last few plays of, of the game. Like, he was really hurt. And I think that, you know, to put the blame on Brandon Bostic is such, like, a, a vacuum, you know, criticism because 
there's so many other plays within the game, so many other conservative play calls that when you have the champ on on the rope and you and you know and you're not going for the chin and you trying to give him body shots, that's stupid. That's stupid. You gotta hit him on the chin, bro. So that's that. That's that game. And shout out to Seattle. But man, the Patriots and the Colts. I mean, I've been saying that for all week. I said Brady and them boys is about to get so far. Like, dude, they was – they. it wasn't even a game in the second quarter to me. I was just like, you know what? They don't have the secondary. They, they don't have the running game. And they don't have the offensive line to match up with the Patriots. They they, they just didn't. But Garrett Blunt looks like Marshawn Lynch when he plays against the Indianapolis Colts. Who do you know? Leslie Garrett Blunt cut it back three times, cut it back four times, cut it back twice in one play and go for what he had like 267 yards, three touchdowns last time he had 280 or four touchdowns. Those stats are ridiculous for a team that's supposed to be in the playoffs, and that's why I think that you know the free eight, uh, the free agency coming up, they have to put some talent around Andrew Luck. As much as people, right. you know, say, you know, this is this is, you know, uh, indicative of, of luck. Even I'm one of those two people who thinks from time to time that people can overrate that kid. But dude, you cannot put that on on luck, dog. Like you really can't. Like he has no, like no game changing talent around him besides T. Y. Hilton. And Reggie Wayne is good from time to time, but he fell off because you know he's getting older. You know he's a vet now. But you have to go out. You have to find a D line. And you have to go find wide receivers for him to throw to because Andrew Luck has the potential to be a top three QB in the league. I've always said that. I just don't think he's, you know, there right now. But that is but, but completely Q, how, Yeah. Q, how can how can you say that when he's gotten to the AFC championship game and pretty much he took over a two and fourteen team has been and he's been in the playoff ever since he's been in the NFL. I don't think that he's overrated. I think he is a top three quarterback, and I just think that you made the case for him. I think that when you see and, and, and here's the thing: when I watch that game, uh, um, who, who's the coach? Um, coach, head coach. Um, um tip on my tongue. Oh, wasn't it? With a, uh, yeah, dude. It starts answer, with a P, um, don't it? Yeah. Um, Who's the the Colts head coach? Coach of who? The Colts. Pagano? Oh, um, um Pagano. Uh, Pagano. Uh, Chuck, Chuck Pagano. Pagano. Uh, Caldwell. Caldwell. Chuck Pagano. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. It's Chuck Pagano. Pagano oh, Chuck got Pagano. Okay. When you oh, watch schematically what he did, he, he put the running back out there. And the coach were man-to-man across the board, and he kept running it. That's what good coaches do. They exploit your mismatch. And that's what Bill Parcells did. Bill Parcells. I always call him Bill Parcells. Um, ah, what's his name? You know me and names, man. Y'all watch Belichick. Belichick. God dang. Belichick kept exploiting exploiting Pagano's defense, man, and, and it was evident. And that forty-five to seven score, I think it's indicative of the talent level on both sides, and also the coaching. Let, let's be honest, Belichick is one of the greatest coaches in, in the history of the NFL. Whether you respect him or not, as Ken just said, he's still one of the greatest. He's he's done a lot. He took a seventh round quarterback and made him arguably the best to ever play the game. So, with all that being said. Andrew Luck just needs more. He he it's he took over a two and fourteen team and made him a playoff team by himself. 
that that is the greatness of Andrew Luck, and that's why he's a top three quarterback right now. I feel that I really do. I just can't put him in over three guys, but I feel that dude. Like I, I really do. I think Luck has supreme potential, and when he gets wide receiving talent, and when he gets a running back for real, then he will show that he is one of the best quarterbacks, but he still got to cut down on that turnover ratio. I'm not really in, in love with that right now. He, you know, he throws a lot of uh, interceptions, but that'll change when, you know, like, he, I really don't like the offense coordinator, but that's not the point. Third point is, last last thing I'm going to talk about, is the report that the Eagles going to try and trade up for Marcus Mariota. And if there are any Eagles fans listening and whatnot, and don't they, you know, say, oh, oh, why? Don't do it. Exactly. I mean, Eagles fans saying, don't do it. Don't do it. Here's why you do it. For any Eagles fan listening, we drafted Marcus Smith in the first round out of Louisville. He did not see the field. He was a linebacker. We tried to convert him to a D end. And Billy Davis at the end of the season basically came out and said, whoops, we we done fucked up. We didn't mean to do that. We shouldn't have made him a D end. We basically stunned his progression. If we're going to be drafting those type of first-round picks, then I am okay with giving up two first-rounders and a second-rounder for this kid. Because if Nick Foles is going to be our franchise, then you can get used to three words, one and done, one and done every single year. Because the kid is not going to get us over the top. We need someone who's going to bring the safety down. We need someone who can be a threat to run at any moment like a Colin Kaepernick, and we need someone who's disciplined enough to not go, you know, make interceptions, turn the ball over, and actually play within the system and is actually a leader in the locker room. That's my case to draft this kid. That's my case to move, to move up for him. And if anyone wants to check the numbers on that, they can check the numbers because our first-round picks the last few years have not been anything but abysmal besides the Lane Johnson pick in 2013. That's my case for that. And that's basically it. I'm not watching the Pro Bowl. Fuck that shit. But I appreciate y'all. And I'm going to get on there. You know? All yeah. right, man. Hey, as always, Q, man. Thanks for calling in, brother. Gotcha. Go Hawks. Peace. Thank you. Phone number Q call 646-478-0356. Phone lines lighting up. Let's go to 773-773. You're on with Dead End Sports. The boys. What's your name and where you calling from? Seven seven three. Okay, let's see. Let me pull them up. Okay, here we go. Seven seven three. You're on. What's your name? Where you calling from? I guess they scared. Okay. All right. No, <laughs> no. Nah, nah, it's uh, this thing is running real quick. I gotta. I, it's not them. It's it's the board. Uh, hang on one second. Seven seven three. We'll, I'm I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna pull you up in a second. It's just. I don't know why it's tripping. Um, okay, there we go. Seven seven three. Now you're on. What's your name? Where you calling from? Hey, what's up, guys? It's Jockman. Jockman, what's going on, partner? Yeah, I was confused right there for a second. Um, no, it, it's for some reason I was. It is a little glitch in the system with our, our board here, but we got you up and running. What's going on, man? Um, not much. Uh, on the uh, the Packers, the Seahawks and Seahawks game. Uh, yeah, the, I think it was more of the Packers just blowing it. They they should have won that game. It was right there for them. They could have easily just put them away, and they didn't do it. It was one of the most glorious things I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, <laughs> As a Bills yeah. fan, you loved it. Yeah, even though I don't really like the Seahawks either, but just get the Packers out. That's all I was rooting for. 
Like, I was watching the game, like, oh, come on, Wilson, the one time I want to see, come on, Seahawks, the one time I want to see you win and play well is the one time you're not doing it. Right. Um, yeah, Wilson, like I, like I tweeted, he went 0 for 4 with four strikeouts and then hit a walk-off home run in the 10th inning. That's how exactly. it pretty much went. Um, uh-huh. On the, uh, the Colts and the Patriots game, yeah, I, I, I didn't think it would be that much of a blowout, but I didn't think it would be very competitive. Like, I, the Colts just haven't proven to me that they can beat the Patriots. They just haven't. Um, okay. Yeah, and on the deflated ball thing, if it's true, yeah, there should be some sort of punishment because you shouldn't be doing that. But I didn't what think do you it really mattered in the end. Uh, I've, I've heard draft picks being lost. That's something I wouldn't be... Like, maybe not a high draft pick, but some sort of loss, maybe like a second or third round. But mm-hmm. uh, also maybe a fine. Because what was the Spygate thing? Like, it was like half a million and a fine. Uh, yeah, it was like half a million. And and then I think I think there was another $250,000 fine for the coach, I think. <laughs> I think yeah, the team got a half a mil. Yeah. yeah that's, uh, maybe something in that range. Maybe not to that degree, but something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, one final thing, uh, I kind of guess I should have seen this coming, but a couple weeks ago I gave a shout-out to the Bulls, and then ever since then they've been playing so badly. Uh, yeah, it, it's just a slump. That's pretty much how I'm seeing it right now. It's uh, not it's not a good slump. It's, it's a little concerning, but it's not too concerning for me. It's, it's a long season. That's going to happen. Right. They're not like the... They're they're a team that depends on like energy and all that, and they just don't have it right now. Yeah, we we're definitely gonna talk about the Bulls before we get off the air, man, because they, they've got they've got some issues. And D Rose has, has spoken out, man, and and some people have yeah. been kind of rubbed kind of the wrong way with what D Rose had to talk about. So make sure that you uh, check us out with there. You got anything else for us tonight, man? Um, no, that's pretty much it. Except that I. I actually really like what Rose says. I know a lot of people didn't, but I thought he needs to say, he's like a leader on that team, he needs to say something. No doubt, no doubt. Hey, well, as always, thanks for calling in, Jock, man. We appreciate it, brother. All right. Call you guys next week. Hey, no doubt, no doubt. Peace. Peace. Phone number, Jock, man, call 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. You're locked in to Dead End Sports. I'm your host, 12 Kyle. Joined by my partners in crime, Beezy, FIFO, and Ken. Hit us up, 646-478-0356. Man, we're taking you up until 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So we, hour number one is down. We got another hour to go. Um, Jogman mentioned uh, Russell Wilson, man. Uh, Ken and I were going back and forth as far as the um, – skill set and the ability of Russell Wilson. Um, if you guys listening to the sound of my voice, remember that the quarterback video that we did a few months back, um, we talked about, you know, what we thought to quantify elite quarterbacks. And I'm not going to even sit here and tell you that I think Russell Wilson's an elite quarterback. Interesting stat that I found out today. And I know my man FIFO is usually good with the stat. Russell Wilson has 55 starts. Of those 55 starts, he's only thrown for more than 300 yards in five games. Not a pretty picture. But he's won more than 60% of his games. 
So close to seventy. Got me to thinking about where we would want to where where, where we would rank, not the quarterbacks, but just where you think you would rank Russell Wilson as a quarterback. So I'll start first with you, B. Where would you rank him? Top five, top ten, top fifteen, or top twenty? Top ten. I guess I'm still going with ten. Okay. I think, okay. I, had, I think when we did it, I think I had him at um, I had him at like number eight, I believe, number eight or seven, if I'm not mistaken. But um, yeah, I mean, I still stand by that. Now, yeah, I mean, he could, okay. he could change, he could maybe change my mind going into next season if he wins the Super Bowl convincingly um in two weeks, and you know, he may, he may, I may, he might be close to that fight. Well, I don't know. Well. I mean, I had to take luck out, and I like luck. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's why I said top ten because after I named my five quarterbacks, I'm like, well, I don't think I would take luck out for Russell Wilson, but because I like luck, so yeah, top ten. He's 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 definitely top ten. Okay, okay. I'll be right back. FIFO, what about you, man? I think I think he's top five, and I think that 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 stat of only having five games over 300 yards. I think that you you have to look at the the totality of that picture. He's never truly had a number one wide receiver. He truly never had weapons around him. And I I know I clearly stated when we did the top ten because I had him in my top ten is that for him like there's two types of elite quarterbacks because I definitely think he's an elite quarterback. There's quarterbacks that make players around them better, and then there's quarterbacks that is is as their talent around them is great, they can maintain that greatness. Like, they're not going to elevate it, but but they won't make mistakes. And that's what Russell mm-hmm. does. He doesn't make many mistakes. That game right there was a career high for him in terms of interceptions. And let's be honest, two of those came off a of wide receiver hand. So, right. to me, he really threw two bad picks. But two of those were not his fault. So, with that being said, I think that he's the type that if you gave him Cincinnati's off, uh, offensive uh, weaponry, we're talking a whole, we're talking about more 300-yard games, at least in my estimation. I just don't think that he's had the weapons around him, especially because, like, me and B talked about not this last game, the Packers, but the game before uh, when they beat um, – who did, who did they beat in, 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 the, in the first round? Um, uh, well, not Carolina. Um, they, beat, they just beat um, Dallas. Dallas, right? No, no, no. That was Green Bay. Green Bay beat Dallas. Uh, I mean, yeah, Green Bay beat Dallas. Who? Uh, it was Carolina, wasn't it? That Seattle played. Either way, that. Oh uh, yeah, Seattle just beat uh, uh, Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, Carolina. There were a couple plays that I seen that Russell Wilson threw to to his wide receivers to make plays, and they couldn't make those plays because they're just not that physically gifted. And he needs at least one guy that's physically gifted to change that form. And I think he's an elite player because he he doesn't make many mistakes, and that's that's part of being elite. It's not making a mistake, you know. And mm. I think that he's one of the best at that. Um, I think his arm talent is getting better. Like I think you just seen it year year after year, man. And, and I think he's definitely a top five quarterback. Okay, okay. Mr. Inge. <laughs> you want to go first or you want me to go first? Man, look. All right, man. He'll say where he's at. Look, I, I'm not going to drop him out or move him up. I had him at number six. Uh, for you know, simply the fact that you know he's he's a cerebral quarterback, 
He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He makes the right throws. And, uh, you know, he makes the throws that he needs to make. You know, and and seeing him manage the adversity in that game uh, deserves uh, – I mean, I got to give him a lot of props for that. He, he had a, a terrible game. You know, and a lot of the, the things that – like, it was, it was to a point where, you know, there were things that I've criticized Russell Wilson about. You know, I've always said that, that – you know, he he benefits from that elite defense, and that elite defense made him who he is today. And I still stand by that, but what I saw this weekend was I saw him, you know, basically put the team on his shoulders when the defense basically did everything that they possibly could. They were waiting for him to turn it around. And when they needed Russell Wilson to win the game for him, because they give, they basically handed him the game and said, "Here, go do what we believe you can do. What we, the reasons why we follow you, go do it." And he did it. And if this was any other quarterback, if this was Tom Brady, my God, there would be articles all over the place. We would be <laughs> nauseated from the amount of talk that people would 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 just just uh, rant and rave about what he managed to do in that game. I am going to give Russell Wilson the credit he deserved for pulling out that game. And not only that, he made the ch- he audible to the game-winning touchdown. Mm-hmm. And he dropped that ball in there on Perfect. the money. Now, all of that said, I'm talking about, like, like people said, those intangibles, those leadership th- skills that he has. You know, his ability to keep his team, you know, calm, you know, during this intense moment. This is when to go home. This is it. Everything's on the line. you got to make these plays. He made a boneheaded play when he lost the ball up. He got lucky. Let's just call it what it is. He got lucky that HaHa Dits made a terrible decision and didn't knock the ball down. That's not a Russell Wilson play. That's a Russell Wilson I got lucky play. I don't want anybody to sit here and say who can make that play. There's a thousand quarterbacks that can make that play if they just throw the ball up and the receiver don't make a break for it. He got lucky, but it contributes to the legacy of what Russell Wilson may end up becoming. But Mm. let's just also kind of be real. When they needed to win that game, they were giving the ball to Marshawn Lynch. You know, Russell made his plays when he needed to play, and that's what I give him credit for. But they were handing that ball off to Marshawn Lynch, even when the game was like two minutes to go. Marshawn Lynch kept getting the ball. So he was the guy that they leaned on to kind of kept move the ball. It, it was a little bit of both, but in, in, in a situation like that, I expected Russell to kind of drop back, look for a throw, scramble. But, you know, but all of that said, his intangible, his ability to lead and overcome is what I give him credit for. You know, so I'm, I'm not going to sit here and shit on the brother, man. I'm, I, you know, I, we need brothers like him to succeed, and I'm not going to go black-white, but, you know, you know, race car, but I, I just got to call it what it is. We need guys like Russell Wilson, the African-American community, need guys like Russell Wilson to go out there and play the game at the level that he plays it at because it shows that black quarterbacks are more than just athletic black quarterbacks, athletic quarterbacks. They're at quarterbacks that can read defensive and make smart decisions on the field. Uh, so I'm, I'm always rooting for the brother. I'm always just said he's slightly overrated a tad bit last year because of that elite defense, and it carried him. And you know what? I mean, hey, I'm not going to back off just yet. Give him some more weapons. 
and we'll see what he does. You know, and but yeah, man, I, I I'll leave him where he's at. The reasons why I listen to him at number six, he you know he showed those Sunday, and um and you know the brother deserves all the credit in the world. So salute. Okay, okay, yeah, very very passionate, very informative there, Ken. Um, I I think um you you touched on a couple a couple of great points. I think one thing that um one thing I, I want to correct you on. When they were down, they were running the ball and throwing the ball. I think, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, i got to go back and look at it, but if I'm not mistaken, that second part of the fourth quarter, he didn't have any incompletions. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he was like 8 for 8, um, including overtime. Um, so, you know, and, and, and what I said when we talked about it during the video was that at some point in time, you can talk, you can call him a game manager. You can say whatever you want to say about him. But at some point in time, he's got to make throws, and he made those throws that he had to make. And it goes back to what the caller Jockman said earlier. You know, he it, it was the equivalent of having four strikeouts, and then you knock a walk off home run. I mean, that that pass that he threw, actually the pass before the the touchdown pass. And let's just let's keep it real. His receivers, you know, Baldwin and um, and Curse, they were trash. I mean, they were, like FIFO said, two of the interceptions that he had were because they dropped the ball. So, you know, I, I like Russell Wilson, man. I like the fact that uh, he makes the throws that he needs to make. I'm, I'm going to say he's top. He, he's in the top ten. He's not yet in the top five yet, uh, but he, he's coming. He's coming. And, and I would, I would like to see him get into a game where he does have to rally his team back and, and throw for 300 yards because you know I, I'd like to see that. I'm I'm an offense kind of guy, but um, that doesn't necessarily define. I mean, because Russell Wilson can go 16 for 24, 273 yards and three touchdowns, no interceptions, and, and that's an efficient game. Is it a Peyton? You know, for Peyton Manning, that's an off week. <laughs> you know, but for Russell Wilson, that's a, that's a that's a damn good week. So. Um, you know, he, he does what he needs to do for his team, and I think he's going to have to put up those kind of, kind of numbers against this Patriot defense, against guys like Vince Wolfork, against guys like, uh, 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 what's the guy's name, the cornerback. Um, man, I'm forgetting his name. Brandon Brown. Uh, Darrell Revis. Darrell Revis, yeah, Revis. Um, so, you know, New England is much improved on the defensive end, so he's going to have to make some plays. So, But, um, but I, I, I think – go ahead, go ahead, people. You know, in the first three years of their careers, you know, Russell Wilson is either tied or is better than uh, Tom Brady. Uh, when you look at um, total yards, touchdown and interception ratio, completion percentage, win percentage, in the first three years, he's very much Brady-like. And we regard mm-hmm. Brady as one of the all-time greatest. So I think Russell Wilson isn't – look, we're talking about a guy three years in, into a professional career. Yeah, that's he true. That's a great point, near, people. He's nowhere near the greatest he's going to be. He's really scratching the surface. And let's be honest, he hasn't had the necessary weaponry on the outside to elevate his game. You know, and I think I think that, that Russell, when it's all said and done, he's going to be one of the best – quarterbacks to play in this game you know what I'm saying I, I, I think you know you're going to mention him because he because he already has the credentials he already won one Super Bowl and he's on his way to win mm-hmm. two in his first three years like this guy he's he's forever cemented he's already forever cemented and his legend is only going to grow it's only going to get bigger from here let's be honest 
Well, I also think the, the other thing is, you know, you, you, you were talking about the receivers against Green Bay's, uh, I mean, the, the Patriots' defense. Um, you know, for one, people don't let Doug Baldwin hear you call him trash and say he's terrible because he's going to have issues with that. He's trash. But, uh, no, but, no, Doug uh, Baldwin is nice, but he's not number. He's not a number one guy to me. He's definitely a like number three guy. receiver, really. Yeah. But, uh, but, but, but look, Kyle, 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 wait a minute, man. We we can't, we cannot let you off the hook. You would not put Russell Wilson in your top ten, or he's at, he's number ten. I think, but you got Eli Manning number six. It wasn't six well, or well, well, Hey, now why you got to bring up old shit, man? I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, bro. Mm-hmm. Like you, you tried to be slick. You tried to get <laughs> You could at least I mean, replace you know, Eli. And, and for those of you listening, you saw the video. Yeah, I did have Eli Manning in my top ten. Uh, we will be doing a post-football season video where we'll update our top ten, and Elisha Manning will not be in my top ten. I can tell you that right now. So you're right, Ken. You're right. You're right. You got me. You got me. All right. Yeah. Hey, you, still, hey, you know hey, what? hey, Eli, if you listen, I still love you, bro. Still love you. But um, nah, you know what? top ten. The, the, the reason why I say Russell is top five now is because, I look, I'll I, I have a spoiler alert. Uh, to, uh, What's his name? Peyton Manning not in my top five after after what's happened. You know, you know what, people, man? Peyton Manning is, is falling out of a lot of people. And, and I, I tried to defend it. He he's still in my top five, but I I can I, you know what I can't argue why you shouldn't have him in your top five. You know what he's in my top five all time, but like if we're going of off of what we've seen, you know uh, you know throughout the end of this season, like come on now, let, let, let's be real. He looked like the worst quarterback in the playoffs. He he just did. Let, let come on, let's not sugarcoat it. I'm a big fan of Peyton Manning. I've always said I think he's the greatest quarterback that I've watched with my own two eyes. The way mm-hmm. pre-snap, how he's able to manipulate defenses and know exactly what you're doing, know exactly where to go. But his arm is no longer the same. You know what I'm saying? It, it's just not. And the teams you saw down the stretch, they baited him and they beat him because he can no longer beat them. So, to me, I, I, I can no longer support that as a top five player in the NFL. Peyton Manning, you've been great all time. I give you that. No, You know, I'm not taking nothing away. You, you got your Super Bowl. You've been there three times. It's hard enough just to get there. And, you know, right off into the sunset. But you're no longer a top five quarterback. And, I'm, you know, just got to be brutal. Got to be brutal with it. Yeah, that's true, man. That's that's true, and 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 it just seems real weird to you know that he kind of falling off like that. But you know, like we always talk about, man, Father Time is undefeated. Uh, the phone number to call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six again six four six four seven eight zero three five six. You are locked in to the place where sports opinions collide. We rarely agree here. We are. Dead End Sports. I'm your host, 12 Kyle, joined by my partners, Beezy, FIFO, Ken. Hit us up. Got about, man, we got about 40 minutes left in the show. Hit us up. 646-478-0356. You know what? We, we, I had, there was a couple of things I wanted to talk about, Belichick and Brady. We can save that to next week. Um, let's jump to the NBA. My man, Jockman, called in, talked about Derrick Rose, uh, so I want to start right there. Um, Derrick Rose made some comments. Uh, as, as Ken alluded earlier in the show, uh, Chicago got trounced by Cleveland last night. Um, game that was right on TNT. And uh, post game, Derek Derek Rose made some comments, 
And I'll read to you what he said. Quote, everybody has to be on the same page. Until then, we're going to get our ass kicked. It's just the whole team. I think communication is huge, Rose said. We're quiet. When we're quiet out there, we're out. No, he said when we're out there, we're quiet. And it's leading to them getting easy baskets. We've got to give a better effort. It seems like we're not even competing. And it's effing irritating. Close quote. Ken, what do you make of D. Rose's comments last night, and how do you expect the Bulls to respond? Um, frustration, you know, from from their their slump that they're in. Every team kind of goes through this. Um, I think he's just trying to get in front of it uh, to prevent it from from continuing to uh, go go any further from here. Um, so, you know, I, I don't have a problem with it. I was actually uh, glad to see him uh, speak out. You know, about you know the way they've played recently. Um, they've lost to you know some some good teams lately. And um, when you're not competing against some of the the better teams in the league, you know it, it, it's a it's a tad bit problematic because that's kind of what you use as a measuring stick. And when you're supposed to be, you know, the best in the East, and many have you project, projected to come out of the East, then you got to play like it, you know, day in and day out. Um, and and you know he he knows that they can play better. He expects them to play better. He wants them to play better. Um, you know because uh, you know it, it's just. That he's not accustomed to losing, and he's not accustomed to being blown out um, the way they were last night to a team, you know, and the Cavs that haven't really found their identity and, and, and really, you know, realized their potential of who they are, and they got mopped up. Um, so I don't have an issue with it. I don't know why a lot of people have an issue with it. You know, when LeBron was sitting here calling out every single body, you know, on his team down down to the to the towel boy and the water boy, you know, nobody had <laughs> seemed to have a problem with it. But Derrick Rose say something because he's you know kind of even kill and mild manner. Then all of a sudden people people got issues. Look, we're not on the field. Let that man, you know, cap, you know, be the captain and, and speak out. You know, you don't want anybody to sit around here and, and wallow in medi- mediocrity, and that and that's just it. So. Um, I applaud him for for stand, standing up and saying something about you know their struggles because they got a long way to go, man. And you got to right the ship now, um, or or you'll be going home early. That's true. That that is that is a very good point. What about you, B? Uh, what, what's your take on D Rose's comments, man? And how do you think the team is going to respond? Beasy. Oh, you know what? I forgot he, his call dropped. Let me pull him back up. There we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? Um, yeah, I, I, My man, I what, what's was, your take on D-Rose's comments, man? I think it was surprising for the most. Cause, you know, D-Rose is really a guy that really shows, like, any emotion. He's always kind of mild-mannered, cool, calm, he's quiet. So, you know, for him for him to say what he said was pretty su- surprising coming from him, I guess, because, you know, usually the most – outspoken person on the team is like Joe Kim Noah. You know, he's always going to have something to say, whether he's upset or happy or whatever. So, to see Derrick Rose, you know, it was pretty surprising. And it was kind of good because, you know, he is, you know, supposedly the leader of that team. So, for him to speak up and call out his, you know, his teammates to say that, you know, it is frustrating and they need, they need to play better, they do, they better play better because, like like Ken said, we, I know me personally, I picked them to take, take the Eastern Conference and the way they're looking right now, it's, it's looking like Atlanta is a, is a clear-cut favorite right now. Wait, oh, baby, oh. like, yeah, so this is like, 
I can understand his frustration because I know they probably set the bar before the season. They set it up real high, like, yo, this is season is championship or bust. So for them to be playing the way they played against the Cavs and um, I forgot who else they played before then. I think Atlanta. So for them to play yeah, the Atlanta. Way they they also Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta and then Cleveland. Um, I think they were playing the way they play, and I can see I can see why they were frustrated there, Rose, because they're not playing to the level that they should be playing at. That we know they they they're capable of doing it because they are deep team. They have great talent on their team. They play great team defense and good team defense. So they they're not playing up to that par. Then I can see why it can make someone as quiet and mild mannered like Derrick Rose finally crack. You know, so hey, I, it was surprising, but I think it was pretty good, and I and I hope. You know, by him not saying much all the time, the teammates will respond to this, and they will they will go out there and, and go on a nice little run. I hope you, I hope I hope I see it. Well, I ain't gonna really say I hope because I ain't rooting for Chicago, but like that. But, you know, <laughs> right, right. As, you know, just to ask someone who knows and, and plays the sport of basketball, I would like to see the teammates respond. You know, in these next you know five, six, seven games, and they play and they play some Chicago Bulls ball that we know that they can play, and they can be playing like the. The, the top team in the Eastern Conference. So I think it was pretty good. It was, it was, it was, it wasn't like, oh my God, the world is coming to an end. Uh, it, I think it was just an eye opener. It was like, oh, okay, really, there go. That's how you feel. And I really hope the teammates listen and take heed to what he said and 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 play with some effort. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, point guard of the crew, FIFO man? What was your take on D Rose? Um, basically, calling out his teammates. Hey, man, sometimes you got to do that shit, you know, especially you're the point guard and you are the leader on the court. Sometimes you got to call people out, you know, um, it's part of it. Um, I don't think that in listening and watching him say that, I don't think mm-hmm. that he was excluding himself because, you know, there there, okay. there, there are some times when, when D. Rose can definitely, um, you know, where he can make better plays and better decisions. And I think that – He's also calling himself out. I think that he said, you know, as a team, we need to get better. That means himself, too. I don't think he's excluding himself. So I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah, he's definitely not excluding himself. And when you don't exclude yourself, I'm fine with it. Sometimes it needs to be done, it needs to be said, especially when you are perennially a top 10 defense, and this year you're 26 out of ter- out of 30 teams. That's just unacceptable. That's not what we've come to expect out of a Thibodeau coach team. So right. I think he's in his power to have these type of complaints, but I think it's also indicative of how much Joe Kim Noah, the number one center in the NBA, in my estimation, needs to <laughs> – arguably the best team in the East. Um, And and, and you know what? Like, I I remember when we were doing our top five bigs and all that, and Kyle was like, you know, what was passing? And get out of here with all that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What does passing and ball handling mean for a big? I'll give you a prime example. Last night, uh, Carlos Boozer got a rebound, thought he was a point guard, came down, lost the rock. But then you get guys like Blake and stuff like that. But going back to Joe Kim, it really shows how the ball doesn't move when he's not playing and how skill sets, when you have a coach that knows how to utilize them, how they can be so effective regardless of what position you play. It all comes down to the skills and how they're used effectively. And we're seeing that Joe Kim's energy, his defensive leadership, um, uh, his passing ability, and just his overall IQ has really hurt the Bulls with him not being in there. And out of 41 games that they played, him and D. Rose have only played 23 games. When you're talking about two out of the three, you know, 
foundation pieces of this team, including Taj and and out of four, really with um with, with, with Jimmy Butler. Like those guys were all drafted by the Bulls, cultivated. You know, they they built up that culture, and everybody's just not on the same page. And I think that Thibodeau system has worn them down. I think he has to get better as a coach, understanding I have a much deeper team, and we don't have to play guys like that. But overall, man, they, they'll be fine. I think they're one of those few teams that. When need be, I think they can turn on the switch. And I think that Joe Kim is going to be a key reason to turning that switch on. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I, I agree totally. Um, I think, um, I th- you know, before I get my point, did anybody have a problem with the fact that he said it? Because I, I heard Charles Barkley talk about it last night, the fact that he said it in the media and not necessarily behind closed doors in a, in a players-only meet. Anybody have a problem with D-Rose? Taking the taking their dirty laundry, if you will, to the to the media as opposed to talking about it in the locker room. Nah, I don't. Okay. Yeah. Nah, I don't at all. Yeah, um, I, I, and I, how do we even know he didn't say anything? No, that's true. That's a good point. So, so it's just speculation on Charles's part, unless he yeah, knows. And, something and, and, it goes back to what you said earlier. I think, oh, I think either FIFA or B said um, he's not absolving himself from the we suck or we're not playing defense. You know, that's how he, he he didn't say they. He he's including himself. So I don't have a problem with him doing that in the media. Uh, if he said we're not talking to each other, then we don't have the communication. Then I think that's um, <clears throat> I think that's perfectly fine. Um, I, I don't have a problem, with, especially with a guy like D Rose who doesn't really say a lot. He, he seems to, at least from afar, he looks to be like a leader by example. So if he has something to say. And one thing you know about team sports, if you have a guy who doesn't say a lot and then all of a sudden he starts talking, you probably want to listen because he's going to be the one that when he speaks, you need to take heed to what he's saying because if he doesn't have much to say and it's time for him to talk, whatever he says, he means it. And it's going to be beneficial to the team. Um, that being said, I, I think the Bulls are, you know, I, I think we'll probably know a little bit more about the Bulls. Uh, Noah's missed a few games. Um, so, I, you know, it's not time to push any panic buttons, uh, just like I don't think there's time to – I think the, you probably push more panic buttons in Cleveland than you could in Chicago. Um but I think I think Rose is, you know, I I think is is very good leadership. I, I don't see anything wrong with what he said, and I think he included himself in the fact that they think that they need to get better. That he thinks that they need to get better as a team, and that includes himself. Uh, the phone number to call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six again six four six four seven eight zero three five six. You're locked into Dead End Sports. We got about thirty minutes left. Hit us up. Six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Um next we're we're at the midway point of the NBA season. Um so we want to give out our NBA mid season honors. Um we're not gonna do all of the awards, but um MVP Beasy, if you had to give a vote for the MVP of the first half of the NBA season. Who are you giving your vote for MVP right now? I'm going with Stephen Curry. Okay. Why why Curry? Stephen Curry. Um, 
it's because he's he's been playing lights out, and you know, of course, he's leading the, the Warriors to the NBA's best record right now. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just been playing lights out. I mean, I, I, what more can I say? It's like if you've been watching Steph Curry this this entire season so far, Steph Curry been playing lights out, man. He's been balling. So I, I got I got to go with Stephen Curry on this one so far as MVP. Right now, right now, as in, if they may stop right now, the season start right now, it's, I got Steph Curry as an MVP. My leading candidate for MVP. Okay, okay. What about you, FIFO? MVP for right now, for the first half of the season. I, I think it's close, um, and I am, I am going to talk about my number two guy, but I, I 100% agree with uh, B for Steph Curry as the first half MVP. Um, over the summer when he was asked, you know, who – who he thought was the best offensive player in the NBA, you know, him or LeBron or KD or whatever, he said him. And I was kind of, you know, when I heard it, I'm like, okay, you're supposed to have that confidence. I get it. You know, I, I don't know if he really thinks that he is, but that's what he's supposed to say. Uh, yeah, he came out and he's proving that this year that he is the best offensive player. Um, you know, we, 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 I, don't, I don't have to break down how hard it is to guard him. He has the handles. He has the pull-up. He's within range as soon as he crosses half court. Um, he has great a passer. Goal game, great passer. You look at his assists, he's top three in assists. Like, yo, know, he, he's he's really put that team on his back and is like, whatever you guys need me to do, you need me to get 20 assists, I got you. You need me to get 30 points, I got you. You need 10 threes, I got you. You need some steel, it doesn't matter. And and realistically, you take them off of the Warriors, they're not a, they're, they're a top eight team in the West, but, but they're, they're not number one. They're, just, yeah, they're not record. the best team. The best record yeah, the yeah they, they wouldn't be that without Steph Curry. So I think Steph Curry is the MVP. But I think a very close second to me is Damian Lillard. Um, you know, okay. he's the NBA in scoring in, in, in the fourth quarter, which is big. He has been big. He has been big since the moment he stepped foot on an NBA court. And he's he's getting better. And I could I, – Portland would not be where they are with this guy because let's let's be honest. Outside of the the bench getting a little bit deeper this year, that team has been relatively the same since he's been a rookie, and, and he's been the difference. And as he gets better, that Portland team gets better. And you take him off of that team as well, they're not a top five Western Conference team either. So um, I, I you know I think right now as a point guard driven league, and I think that those two guys are the most valuable to their team. Okay, okay. What about you, Ken? Uh MVP. Yeah, I mean I was I was actually gonna um gonna go with Damian Lillard and um you know, he, he just uh, the guy, you know, he like people said, the guy's leading the the NBA in fourth quarter score, he's clutch, he makes big plays, he's putting up numbers on a consistent basis. I mean he he's he's doing a lot. Yeah, he doesn't have the record, um to, to he doesn't have the record that Stephen Curry has, but but he still has his team right there, and I think they just really had a a rough stretch over the last couple of games to to have them you know uh, all of a sudden you know jump to eleven losses, but for a while they were they were right there at eight, and I think they lost like three in a row. So um, so right now, man, I, I really like uh, uh, Damian Lillard. I, you know, I'm not gonna argue or disagree with with Stephen Curry at all. Um, you know, he, he's he's. I mean, <laughs> you can just watch the ESPN highlights and watch the games, and and you know, uh, and see what this guy, what he's all about. Um, but yeah, so I, I was actually gonna go with uh, Damian Lillard, but really, man, I think the MVP should be Kobe Bryant um, because. <laughs> 
Kobe oh, has Lord. finally realized that he just ain't got it. He just ain't got it. And for Kobe, as big as he is, for him to sit here and admit defeat, I, you deserve MVP in my book. And, and look, Kobe said, man, look, if y'all want to sit me down and still pay me that money, he said, I'm game. Kobe's going to sit his ass down and collect those checks. If that's not an MVP oh. move to me, man, I don't know what it is. That's <laughs> not MVP. You know man. what? If you're going to pay me to sit around and do nothing for all the things that I've done, I'll take it. Kobe Bryant, oh, of course, man. we all would take it, but um, but no, he he's not MVP. I, I'm I'm a complete trifecta man. I, I'm gonna say Curry, Stephen Curry. Um, all the reasons that FIFO mentioned earlier uh, and B mentioned. Um, uh, you like you said, you take him off of Golden State, and they in the West they're not a uh, they, they they might be a seventh or eighth seed. Um, uh, probably a close second. I I I probably give it to James Harden. James Harden quietly has put up numbers. Uh, this season and Houston's much improved, um, you know, especially with the addition of Josh Smith. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they these two these two teams battle, especially uh, coming down the stretch um, as Houston tries to move up the ladder uh, as far as the um, playoff seeding. Uh, we got more phone calls to take, so let's not keep them waiting. Let's go to area code seven seven four seven seven four. You're on with the boys from Dead End Sports. What's your name? Where are you calling from? What? What up, what up? It's Ryan from Dartmouth. It's RLS003 on Twitter. Ryan, what's up, man? Hey, what's, what's up, man? What's up, guys? What's up, Cam? Chilling, what's up, man? Kyle? What's up, All B? Good, what's brother? up, What's Cecil? up with you? What's up? Uh, what's not much, on? not much. Now, kid, I got a lot of stuff to talk about with you, man. I, I, we plenty to talk about I, on Twitter. I, I, knew, I knew it was coming. <laughs> nah, <laughs> no, you I'm going I'm to I'm keep it, it minimum, but... um. To address the whole package thing, Pack, package game, that was unreal. Instant classic. Instant classic, that game. Um, yeah. Green Bay screwed up. Seattle took advantage of it. But, yeah, Green Bay screwed that up. Patriots game, don't even talk to me about deflation. <laughs> deflate gate. I don't, I don't even. But, Ryan, you're a Patriots fan, though, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, there you go. I I I've been watching first take on it, uh, the whole thing, um, and Stephen A. Smith said it perfectly. He went through the whole thing. He even said year after year after year, the records show and speak for themselves. And you got to give something to the Patriots. They get all this stigma about um, Spygate, you name it, all the things playing dirty. Sure, fine, they they play in the gray area. Yeah, I, I give you that. And they played very strategically. But I mean, come on. Like you're gonna let that shadow over everything they've done? What? I, I don't. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Everything? Yeah. Of course, it's gonna shadow over over what they've done because they did, they haven't done it cleanly. <sighs> they they've had to tilt the scale in their favor to gain whatever competitive ad, edge they could. You know, and that's <laughs> the thing that you know what I said this earlier. That's the thing that bothers me the most about their success because I can't sit back and I can't sit back and look at like when when. When Jordan was playing and and he went and he won all those championships, you know from from well, all I've heard is he he's done it cleanly. So you could just sit back and just give it up to them. But with with Brady and Belichick, there's a there's a there's, there's a bit of an asterisk there for me. It's like how do I know that they've done it on the up and up consistently? Yeah, they still had to go out and execute and win the games, and I give them all that, and that's mm-hmm. fine. I give them props for winning. 
but yeah. I still have to sit back. It just it just kind of bothers me that I can't give them the full credit that they deserve for for their success. I can't take it away, but I got yeah. a side out when I look at it. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it is the whole Spygate thing. When you look at it, yeah, there's a lot of questionable things, but this was about today. Stephen A. said it. This specifically was the whole location thing. That was the violation of the rule itself because everyone, I guess every team does some type of filming oh, yeah. to some degree. You ain't cheating, you ain't but, um, so, hey, you know what? It is what it is. They got caught and they got the reprimand for it. So all I can say is it's going to be a damn good Super Bowl. Oh, no doubt. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. I can't, I can't wait. wait. Sunday can't come soon enough. But, yeah, we got um, two weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, two, yeah, weeks, two, two weeks, weeks. Two weeks. I, I wish they switched the Pro Bowl back to afterwards, but yeah. uh, you know, I mean, I'm I'm so not a fan of the Pro Bowl, but I mean, I, I understand why people watch. I just, I, I promise you, I won't watch one play of the Pro Bowl. Y'all have to tell me. About it. <laughs> I'm not, not watching it either. Y'all can have that. People, you uh, and me, y'all, y'all watching the Pro Bowl, man? Um, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, I, I I watch the hockey All Star game before I watch Pro Bowl. I like <laughs> you got anything else for us, Ryan? Yeah, for the NBA MVP, I definitely uh-huh. give it to Steph Curry. No doubt, I give it to Steph Curry. No no doubt. I've been I've been watching the whole game, all the games because he's on my fantasy team. But still, like I, I'm in, I'm just in shock and awe. And Rondo is my favorite for assists, like crazy assists for court vision. But Steph Curry mm-hmm. took that. Steph Curry took it and ran with it. Like oh, I'm unreal. Uh, People sleep on his ability fantasy, to pass. Man, Steph Curry um, is a very great passer. Yeah, and speaking of fantasy, you know, I, I won my matchup with with yeah. Drew Holiday and David Wade. I mean, David oh, Wade, <laughs> Dwayne Wade, and and Rudy Gay uh, missing like three or four games last week. Seven. Crazy. If, if yeah. they would have played, I would have won. Uh, I would I would have swept all categories. You hear that, beat? But B know what's up. Damn. <laughs> That's the last thing we need is this dude talking more about fantasy, any any sports. <laughs> Get on that, Kyle. Hater. Nah. <laughs> hey, well, Ryan, man, we thank you for calling in, brother. We definitely appreciate the love, All man. Right. Thank you. Peace. Appreciate you guys. Keep it up. Appreciate no the call, man. All right. Phone number, Ryan, calls 646-478-0356. Let's go to area code 205-205. You're on with Dead End Sports. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, this is Captain Snake. How you guys doing? Oh, Captain man, Snake, what's going on, man? man. Uh, nothing too much. Just I uh, wanted to chime in on the MVP thing. Um, you know, I I hadn't really watched uh, just a ton of basketball this year, you know, because, you know, football is just kind of ending. But I get, you know, I, th- right. I, I kind of agree with you guys with Curry and I think Harden. You know, probably a second. But, you know, the guy I think that should be, you know, third or fourth, I think it's Chris Paul. You know, I look at the Clippers this year, and I've watched some of their games. And, you know, Griffin doesn't have that. It, it seems like he's just getting into shape right now, you know, and they played, what, 40 games. And, you right. know, it seems like I don't know if he was hurt or something, but it just seems like he got off to – which he still has, you know, really good numbers because he's going to get good numbers. But just looking at him, you know, it doesn't look like he's he's just kind of rounded into shape now. And you just look at that team, you know, that they have the perimeter. They have no guy on the perimeter that can guard anybody. 
and they really don't have anyone outside of Paul and maybe Crawford that can create their own shot. Um, and now they've traded Bullock away, which I thought was crazy because, I mean, you know, he does have some outside presence, and he is six seven for Doc right. Son, whatever that is. But I, I, I wanted to get you guys' opinion on Chris Paul this year. What do you think about him thus far? Well, let's let's ask the man who who plays on the court like CP3, but don't want to play like CP3. C4. What you mean, man? I don't want to play like. Man, get out of here. Um, I I think CP kind of. Um, I think we're starting to see the slight decline of CP. Just you know, athletically getting older. Um, you know, I think that every point guard in the NBA right now cannot guard each other, and CP's starting to look his age. Um, nothing, nothing, like, CP's still a great point guard, but let's be honest, for a while he was the best unquestioned point guard in the NBA, and I think that, um, you know, a lot of these guards, um, just younger, quicker, you know, a little bit better right now than him. Um, I, I don't know if he should be, um, you know, the MVP of the league in the first half, um, just because, you know, the Clippers got off to a slow start. Um, I'm, you know, not due to, to CP, but um, I just I don't think that he's the leading candidate right now. But still a great player, still a guy that, you know, I probably want him over the majority of point guards in the NBA, but there are a handful of point guards that I probably would take over CP at this moment. You know what, yeah. people, is that, does, does that have to do, when, when you say that, is it because they're, they're just – Younger, they're they're just younger than him right now, and they they can play at his level, but they have uh, their age working for them, whereas CP has his. Yeah. Yeah, like like to me, the, the the top three point guards, you know, that 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 are young, that I think that I would probably take over. Um, well, shit, four. Uh, the four point guards I would take over CP right now are um, Russell Westbrook. John Wall, Damian Lillard, Steph Curry. I think that those four guys right now are better than CP. Um, so, you know, CP, I think, is still a top 10 point guard, but I think that the gap is closed, uh, you know, amongst the point guards right now. Hmm. I, I like, I, I don't, I, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm a little indifferent. I don't, I don't see the decline. Um, I think CP3 probably is about, he's probably about 30, 31, maybe. Um, so I think he's probably in his prime. I, I don't see the decline. I think, you know, a lot is going to fall on his shoulders, uh, you know, especially come postseason. I mean, that the, the West is just so you – know, and, and you can kind of tell some on some nights the Clippers get tripped up by teams that they really shouldn't lose to. And I think that comes from – they at times and, – and I don't know if you guys tell me if I'm right or wrong – <clears throat> Excuse me. At times, they look like a team that just—they just really want to get through the regular season. They want to get through the regular season so they can get to the postseason. Um, you know, and I think that kind of explains why they get beat sometimes by by lesser teams. But CP3, I think, is having a great year. I think year in and year out, he, he's there and he is in the discussion. And you're right, Kyle. But I, the decline when I watch CP is is more on the defensive end. I think when you're an offensive point guard, even when you lose the quicks and all of that, you make up all of that with with, with your knowledge of the game and you know right. doing it for so long, you know how to get to your spots. And even when you slow down and you can't turn the corner the same, you can't stop this jump shot. You can't stop the step back. You can't stop the stop and pop. So there's still things that he can do to counteract 
um, some of those some of those things that you know just happen with age. But to me, it's more defensively. When I watch him play against the other elite point guards in the league, CP used to dominate them. He can't dominate them defensively anymore. And that's where I see the, the, the biggest decline. Like, he can't – Russell puts him straight in the post, and there's nothing he can do with that. You know, I see I see uh, Steph Curry dance on him and, and bang threes in his mouth. There's nothing he can do with that. And I don't – to me, CP, because he had a couple injuries that I think that took – that slowed him down physically – I think that if he didn't have those, maybe he would have a little bit more quicks right now. But I just remember CP with the Hornets, man, in New Orleans. That dude was a superior ball hawk. I, I still think he is because obviously he's still he's still top five in steals and all that. He will always be. But I, I just see the decline primarily on the defensive end, man. Or it just might be that the point guards have gotten better. And either way, he's he's just not the same guy. And, and, but he's 30-31, and that's expected. It's supposed to happen. You're supposed to start to see a shift in who are the best players. Yeah. Point. What um, about you, B? What's your, what's your take on CB3? Uh, it, it just seemed like, it seemed like this season he's just been in the funk. He's been in a real funk this season. I, I can't even explain, like, what it is or what's what's wrong? I don't know if he's, if he's fighting an injury that he's just not really talking about, you know, and not really, you know, being kept and quiet about, but, yeah, I know CP3 just don't feel like CP3 this season for some reason. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I, I really I really don't know. I, I, I don't know. He, he, just, he just don't seem like the CP3 that I've that I've seen him be and being a dominating point guard. I mean, he still he still has the floor general isms and stuff like that, but it's just yeah, just, I don't see, I don't see that, that, that Spark in him this season for some reason. I don't know if there's some bad going on with him and the coaching staff or or what. He just he just seems to funk. He seems he just doesn't seem just like LeBron James. Like I think LeBron James just does not seem interested playing this season. It's just he don't he don't have that interest. He don't have that spark that he normally has with LeBron James. And I see the same thing with uh, CP3. It's just like he don't have that 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 spark that interest right now. I don't know what it is. Do you think that'll <clears throat> excuse me? Do you think that'll change? Uh... As they get moved closer and closer to playoffs, um, probably they're gonna need because, him. Uh, yeah, they're gonna need. Yeah, I think I think the competitive competitor in him is not going to allow him to you know just be slouching the whole during the playoffs. I'm pretty sure when playoffs come, he's going to probably kick it up a notch. He's gonna get in in the playoff CP3 that we've seen before. So, um, yeah, I think in playoffs, I think he's gonna have to turn it up because it's, it's once you win that tournament, man, it's, it's you gotta, you gotta play. You gotta ball. You know. Definitely, definitely, definitely. What about you, Captain Sneak? Got anything else for us tonight, man? Uh, I would just like for Ken to stop hating on the Pats. Hey, hey, Sneak. Hey, pe- people in hell want ice water, man. <laughs> that ain't you know, gonna happen. But, uh, I, I know, but uh, you know, I'm looking forward to a really good Super Bowl and. Uh, you know, I kind of, you know, I was kind of going back and forth. I'll leave you guys with this, but I was kind of going back and forth to who you want to play. And I kind of wanted to play the Seahawks because, you know, I thought of it this way. But, you know, the Seahawks, you know, incredible defense, and it's going to be hard to score on them. But, I mean, if you do get up on them, you know, I mean, they don't have the weapons, you know, to really, like, muster, you know, a 25, 30-point game. And not right. that tight, you know, or 25 or 30, but, you know, you get up 10 or something, you know, and I, and I think the Patriots' defense is slightly better 
than uh, the Packers' defense, especially in the secondary. And, you know, it, even as great as Russell Wilson is, if they've got to throw, you know, if we can slow Lynch down, you know, and get up, a, you know, maybe seven or ten points, you know, I really feel good about that. You know, playing the Packers, you know, they've got all these weapons and stuff, and then you've got Aaron Rodgers, who is the best quarterback in the league. And, you know, I just I, – I guess for me I prefer to – be in a defensive struggle than an offensive shootout because if you can't mm. stop them, you know, you're never going to stop. You know, at least for the defensive shootout, you know, points are going to be at a premium, I guess. But uh, I'll leave you guys with that. But go Pats and uh, hope y'all have a good night. No doubt, no doubt. As always, thanks for calling in, Captain Sneak. We appreciate it, brother. Yes, sir. Thank you. Peace. Phone number, Captain Sneak, call 646-478-0356. And we got about nine minutes left. Hit us up. Got a chance to get your call in. I want to thank everybody before we get off the air, man. Got to thank everybody hitting us up on Facebook. The Facebook uh, is popping off real big. Uh, everybody's responding on Twitter. Keep the comments coming. Keep the comments coming. Keep the comments coming. Um, <clears throat> speak, excuse me. Speaking of the NBA season, uh, biggest surprise. FIFA, who's your biggest surprise the first half of the NBA season? Uh, the Detroit Pistons, um, because okay. before the season started, I thought that they had the talent to do what they're doing right now, even with Josh Smith. I didn't, I didn't know he was going to be that big of an issue. So they were a surprise at the beginning of the season, the way that they started, and they've been a surprise after they, they, they got rid of Josh and how they've been able to go on this um, on this run to really put themselves back into the playoff front in the, in, in, in the East. So... Uh, for me, man, hands down, Detroit, um, you know, Stan Van Gundy, what he did, uh, I think it took a lot of guts to convince an owner to buy out a player or waive a player, um, you know, that, that can fill the stat sheet the way Josh did. And I think, you know, it was kind of a way of Detroit admitting that they they made a bad, you know, they made a bad move and they absolved themselves from it. And, you know, this dude Brandon Jennings is, is playing lights out right now. Uh, I, I didn't think, you know, but look, look, I, I like what Detroit is doing. I like their nucleus. I know me and B talked about it, like Caldwell Pope. They got a, a lot of nice pieces in their young. They do. And I think that, and I, and I really think that I hope that they make the playoffs because that always, to me, accelerates a player's progression. And I, I really think that they have an opportunity to make it. They need to experience it. And, you know, I think they're a first, you know, a first round and out, but they need that, you know, um, so okay. they can get that taste and get their mouth wet. And um, and I think it'll make them a better team and organization. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Kim, what about you, man? Biggest surprise in the NBA thus far in the first half of the season? You know, what? it really came on a conversation we had uh, a couple of weeks ago when, when – he said Milwaukee was was in the playoffs and and they had a better record than Cleveland, and it, it kind of stunned me because I, I didn't know they were doing so well and and I had to go look and not like I not, not like the brother was lying to me, but I had to go look and I was like, well, was damn they really are in the playoffs right now they're twenty one and twenty, and um and they they basically took the place of Charlotte who's been terrible this year because of. Uh, Lance Stevenson, but I was really shocked to hear that that they actually were were really doing uh, better than what I expected this year. So I would have to give it up to uh, to Milwaukee. Okay, okay. What about you? B? biggest surprise of the first half of the NBA season? 
Um, I think, I believe, I want to say Atlanta Hawks, I guess. I mean, who would have thought <laughs> that the, right now that when we did our preseason and stuff and the, before the NBA season started that Atlanta Hawks would be looking the way they are looking and the best record in the East right now playing the way that they're playing? Who would have mm-hmm. thought that? I don't think no one would have guessed that. They probably, I think we probably would have had Atlanta with like a, maybe a four or five or six seed going before the season at started. Best. You know what I'm saying? And the way that they're playing and the way they're looking, like I said, I witnessed it in person, and I'm like, wow, if these boys play like this, the way they play great team defense, man, and everyone genuinely likes each other. Like, they, the whole – they like each other. Like, they all cool and they all like each other, and they play great team, team defense, and they buy into the system. If you a coach and you got your players believing in and they buy into that system, it's a wrap. The sky's the limit. So – I would have never guessed that Atlanta Hawks would be looking this this dangerous and for real. And it also just shows you the greatness of Greg Pop, how you can take how how your understudy for the past fifteen something seasons go to yep. another team and now make them look like a championship contender. Like, would it be crazy to be the Hawks in the first for the championship? Like, that would be nuts. But um, yeah, I, I love it, man. I I, I love the, that they're showing Atlanta Hawks is showing that it's still team ball to be played in the NBA, and you don't have to have you know four or five superstars on the team to make it work. So. Yeah, Atlanta Hawks is easily my biggest surprise because I would have never guessed that they'd been playing like this. Man, listen. We're all sports fans. We all live here in the city of Atlanta. Keep it real. We don't have a lot to brag about when it comes to other sports. <laughs> but right now, these Atlanta Hawks are pretty good. I mean, they're very good. I, I, I think they're the biggest surprise. I agree totally with everything that B just said. Um you could not have told any of us or anybody listening that this team would be this good this far into the season. Uh, and you started to see a glimpse of it last year. Uh, I'm a fan. I've always been a fan since I've been here. And what I saw last year was a team that competed and they worked hard and what have you. They shoot the ball pretty well. And they were very selfless with the ball. But, you know, they were missing a, a key piece in Al Horford being out. Um the emergence of Jeff Teague last year, who I think should be an all-star point guard this year, um, uh, along with John Wall and, and, uh, and, and Kyle Lowry. Uh, I think the, those guys and Kyle Korver, Paul Millsap, I mean, the Hawks are for real. They are the real deal. You know, can they win the title? Um, it, it's still early to say, but, I, I mean, why not? I mean, why not? Cleveland's a mess. <laughs> Chicago's trying to get it together. The East is wide open right now. The Hawks is, and they're separating themselves from everybody else. So they will continue to if they continue to play this way and, and avoid any major injuries. Uh, you know, we could be looking at an East at, at the very least an Eastern Conference Finals with the hometown Atlanta Hawks. So um, biggest surprise of the season, hands down for me, is the Atlanta Hawks. So we're going to definitely keep watching. As the season progresses, uh, the phone number to call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six, and six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Man, this show has gone by so fast. Wow, I mean, it's it's almost hey, like Kyle. we just go ahead. Man, look, I'm not gonna let them get away with that. Look, Captain Sneak and RG, whatever his name is, uh, called right. on this show and uh, jumped on me, man. You know, with their with their with their uh, grandy grandstanding and 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 absolute love for for Brady and the Bella and and the Bella cheat. 
Man, <laughs> you know what? It, leave it to Captain Sneak and the Patriot fans to want an easy way out. You know, did you hear what he said? Oh, we don't want to play Rodgers because Rodgers can throw it all up and down the field. We want to, we want to play the offensively challenged Seattle Seahawks. Man, get out of here, man. I just wanted to say that, man. They're going to see him try to, <laughs> Captain Sneak trying to take the easy way out. Why don't you want to play the best quarterback in the league, Captain Sneak? All right, I'm done. Hey, we got about 60 seconds left, man. Got to thank everybody that called in. Got to thank the partners, everybody who came and represented for us tonight. Everybody hit us up on Twitter. Shout out to my girl, Chandra. Uh, Hit us up big on Facebook tonight. Um, Remember, this show is being broadcast live each and every Wednesday night. So in the event you cannot listen to the show live, make sure that you check out the archives at blogtalkradio.com backslash deadendsports. Uh... No Super Bowl this week, but, of course, we'll have more sports. Make sure you check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com, backslash dead end sports. Uh, for Beezy, for FIFO, for Ken, I'm your host, 12 Kyle. We'll holler at you guys next week. Peace! Patriots always in some shit. She has <laughs> Patriots. <laughs>